extremely late recording this episode. It's been a very, very, very busy week. It hasn't been a particularly kind week to me. Not very nice to me. But I survived. I'm still here. Today is Thursday, March 16th. It is 4 in the morning. I have not stopped moving since 7 in the morning yesterday. I have not stopped moving. Besides maybe like a two-hour nap that I took earlier in the day, I've done a million things today. And it feels good. Productivity feels good. I'm not going to lie. Um, lately, I've been taking this, uh, taking some some supplements, and I kind of feel like it's, it's, it's inspired me to uh, be productive a little bit. Or maybe it's just all in my mind. Uh, what they call it? Uh, um, I forget the the phrase. Uh, whatever, I can't think of it. Welcome back, man. This is uh, streams uh, episode fourteen, I think. Yeah, streams episode fourteen. I'm Red Karan. Um, I don't know if I'm your host, but I'll call myself that now for now. Uh, I'll call myself that for now, for lack of a better term. I guess it's a show. I guess I'm a host. Um, before we get started, I want to show everybody this shirt. My execution might be televised. Shout out to Freddie Gibbs. Um, this is just one line from the classic album, uh, Alfredo. I think, I think it's classic. I think that's a very, very good album. I think it's a very slept on album. And I think he kind of deviated from that sound, unfortunately, with, uh, So So Separately, which was, it was good. It was cool. But it wasn't the same, man. That Alfredo was, like, one of my favorite albums, period, I think. In a long time, at least. But welcome back, man. Thank you for everybody again. I want to continue to show gratitude. I'm not going to stop saying thank you, so just get used to it. I'm great. I'm, 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 I am grateful for everything from, you know, the smallest amount of likes, the smallest amount of views to the large influx of views and likes and follows and stuff that I got um, when I went quote-unquote viral. Um, I appreciate all of it, big, small, in-between, everything. I, I, I'm I not owed anything. Nobody owes me anything. I'm just a guy, bro, with a camera that don't belong to me, a microphone, and a computer to run all of this stuff, bro. I'm just a regular person. So I thank everybody that's listening. I thank everybody that's coming. I thank everybody that's arguing with me, disagreeing with me, agreeing with me, hitting me up for support. Um, I had one of my listeners slash clients slash friends hit me up and say something about therapy um, based on some of the stuff I was saying in my last episode. And I appreciate that kind of stuff too because um, it is needed. Um, I have been in, I've been seeking therapy, but I'm not quite there yet in terms of like, like I haven't found a therapist and I'm not um, in really the place to do it yet, but it's coming soon. Come we all need it. And I definitely need it. But now I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just turned the camera on to force myself to work. I've been lagging behind. Last week, I lagged behind. I put the episode out like on a Wednesday. Today is Thursday. I'm recording this at 4 a.m. I hope I can finish this editing by the time 9 a.m. rolls around, which is my 
Um, usually my drop window, maybe nine, ten o'clock, I usually give myself that little hour window to drop. That's when I prefer to drop any content. But I've been lagging behind, man. It's just um I went thirteen weeks strong without stopping. I almost skipped this week because of how I've been feeling and how hard this week has been on me. But um I decided to just cut the camera on. Instead of going to sleep like I really want to do, I've been sleepy all day. I did two sessions. I mixed two songs. I took my kids shopping, fed my kids, picked them up from school, went into school, participate, participated in some stuff, I, all kind of stuff, bro. I'm I'm tired. But I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Um, a part of me wants to talk about self-reflection. <sighs> Giving yourself grace. Um, insecurities, fears, trust. I kind of want to talk about those things. But a part of me is saying not to talk about it because I feel like it's going to be such a good topic that I don't want to just wing that. I don't know. I have this other topic that was inspired by my father. Um... It says the quality of your service to others determines what kind of life you will have or what kind of life you will live. He said this to me. uh, We were having a big, long conversation about all kinds of things. Um, But he said this to me, and a light bulb instantly went off. I don't know um, why, but it did. You know, certain things just catch my ear. And when he said that, It, it sounded like the experience that I've lived so far on this earth. Let's do it. Um, all my life, all my life I felt lucky. I don't know why I felt blessed. I've dealt with depression. I've seen a lot of bad things. I've been through a lot of bad things. I've done a lot of bad things, right? But I've always felt like I had some sort of favor or things just work out for me. One could argue that that could just be the way that I view things. I've had this talent internally. No one else will really be aware of this. But when it comes to, like, bad things happening to me, I've always had this talent in being able to, like, find the good in it, regardless of how bad it might be. I've always been able to do that. And I've always been proud of myself for that. Um, And I'm talking strictly just, like, when bad things happen. When people... I've had somebody break into my car when... I lose a job or whatever. I've never really lost too many jobs, but when I don't get a promotion, I always try to find the positive in in it. I don't announce it. It's always internal. And it's something that comes with thinking, mulling over it in my mind, right? So one could argue the favor that I mentioned could just be the mindset that I choose to carry with me. But sometimes I challenge that and I 
flirt with the idea that maybe I actually do have some sort of favor or luck or whatever it is that you believe in, blessings or whatever. I've watched a lot of people around me perish. They're no longer here. I went to school with kids that never grew out of childhood. I went to school with teenagers that never got to see what it's like to be an adult. I've had relatives die of diseases, self-inflicted and not self-inflicted. I've had relatives commit suicide. I've had relatives, I've had friends die in car accidents and all these things. In all my life, I've always felt like I've been sheltered from certain things. And I'm not talking about parental-wise, not by my parents. I mean by the universe. I've seen bad things happen to people in close proximity to me, so close that I almost felt like I should have been a part of that. Something was supposed to happen to me, but it just didn't. And I think about that a lot. Why have I been so blessed? Why have I been so favored? Why have I been so lucky? I was blessed with two healthy children. Not even, not so much as bad eyesight. Beautiful smiles, nice skin. No missing fingers or toes. No allergies, none of it. So far. And I think about it. And sometimes I wonder if it's because of karma or because of my contributions to the world around me. And I say this not to toot my own horn, but I say this in all honesty. I've done so many things for so many people, most of which you'll never hear about. I've done things for strangers. I've changed tires. I've given money. Um... I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've jump-started batteries on people's cars. I've helped people push their cars. I've fed people. I've bought food. I gave advice. Um, all sorts of things. A lot of things I forgot. A lot of things I forgot that I even I've even done, and it pops up sometimes. Like, wow, I kind of forgot that 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 happened, but. Uh, like I said, I'm not saying all this is toot my own, own horn. I'm painting a picture, a picture, and I'm presenting an idea. The quote that my father said was, the quality of your service to others determines what kind of life you will have. And I think about that a lot. The quality of people in my life that's always been in my life, to me, has always been top tier. From childhood friends to some of my women 
to some of my colleagues and coworkers, the ones that gravitate to me and the ones that I gravitate to. My family and the way that they love and treat me, the way that they pour into me. And it all comes with a sense of guilt. Forgive me for the rambling. I'm just thinking. That's the purpose of this show. It all comes with a sense of guilt. A lot of it comes with a sense of guilt. But I think about these things and I I try to combat the guilt by thinking, maybe I deserve it. Not whether or not I'm worthy of it, because I know that I am worthy of it. Sometimes I'll trick myself into believing that I'm not worthy of it. But overall, I do understand that I'm worthy of it. But being worthy of something and deserving something are kind of different. I know that I'm worthy of it because I'm human. I'm allowed grace like everyone else is. I think when you talk about being worthy, it just simply means that I think all people are worthy of good things, right? But I don't think all people deserve good things. We're all worthy of opportunity. Whether you're a piece of crap or you're a great person, we're all worthy of it. But deserving it, I think, means something different. I like looking up definitions, so let's do it. Let's look up the definition of worthy. Having or showing the qualities or abilities that merit recognition in a specified way. And let's look up deserving. Do something or have or show qualities worthy of reward or punishment. In parentheses. Do something or have or show qualities worthy of. Very close in definition. But the way that I relate to those words, I don't think all people deserve something. Because I think deserving something comes by way of work. It comes by way of contribution, reciprocation. But I think worthiness I think all people are worthy of good things. I think even criminals, murderers, rapists are worthy of second chances, grace, no matter how bad. And that's up for debate. That's up to you to decide. But my opinion is that all of us, the worst of us and the best of us, are worthy of grace and opportunity, chances, because we are human. And we decided as a people a long time ago. Well, actually, not that long, not that, not that long ago. We decided as a people that we would be humane to each other, even if the person does not deserve it. But we are all worthy of humanity, right? It's like someone killing a relative of yours and you giving them forgiveness. To me, that means they're not, they might not deserve the forgiveness, 
but you choose to give them the forgiveness because they are human and you are human. And forgiveness is a two-way street, right? You have to give forgiveness, but you have to receive forgiving someone too. Because if you're not open to it, how could you forgive? It reminds me, what I'm saying reminds me of I think it was Botham, Botham Jean, Botham Jean, however you pronounce his name, who was killed by the police officer. And then I think his brother or cousin or somebody forgave the police officer. And everybody was in an uproar about that because they felt like that was a sign of weakness. It was like passive. It was soft. And I felt that way at the time too, right? But I felt like that was something that that person chose to do for themselves because that's what they needed. To forgive. You forgive for yourself and for the other party. Even if they don't deserve the forgiveness, they are worthy of the forgiveness because they are a human being who is flawed and imperfect, right? Even if they don't want the forgiveness, they're still worthy of it. They might not be deserving of it, but they are worthy of it. I'm Ramla, and I love it. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to continue. Just follow me. I'm saying all this to say. I'm saying all this to say that I know that I'm worthy of the good things that happened to me because I think all people are worthy of it. But then I think maybe I deserve it too, right? Maybe these good things these, that happened to me belong to me. I do feel a lot of guilt. I feel guilt being in this house. This house is not mine. I'm not here under false pretenses or something. I'm not like forcibly being here. I'm allowed to be here, but I feel guilty about it because it is a tremendous advantage to me. I get to make money in here. I get to raise my kids in here. And I'm being allowed that space by people that love me. And I feel guilty about it sometimes. But sometimes as an affirmation, I'll think about the things that I've done, what I represent to people based on what they told me and based on my ability to pay attention and see things on my own too. Maybe I deserve these olive branches. Maybe I deserve these good things that happened to me because of the works that I've put into this world. And the same will go for you. Think back on your life and the things that you've done for people. Think back on your life and the way that you've been there for people, whether it was a shoulder to cry on, advice to give, your last to give, money, food, a ride, whatever it might be. And then later in life, the way that I believe the universe works, I don't think karma is instant. I think karma is an accumulation of things. It compounds, and I think it 
makes its way around slowly. I think there are instances of instant karma. There's a whole subreddit about instant karma. If somebody does something stupid or mean or ugly, and then they, like, turn around and get hit by a car right after they do it. <laughs> so I feel like karma can be swift. But I think karma, quote-unquote, is something that happens through nature and it happens slowly and gradually. You plant seeds and they grow over a season. They grow over a season. And you don't harvest the crop. It doesn't yield fruit or vegetables until later. Right? That's how I think karma works. I think the ways that we do things day to day dictate the way that things will happen to us or for us for a long time going forward. And I don't think it's mystical or magical. I don't think it's otherworldly. I think it's simple. I think if you're a good person, people notice that. It's subconscious or it's conscious, and you might not be aware of people noticing it. And that will affect the way people feel about you, uh, love you, care for you, see you in their eyes. And then later down the line, when it comes time for them to make a judgment based on how they'll, what type of grace they'll extend you, it manifests itself then. It could be 10 years later. It could be two months later. It could be two days later. But I think that's how it works. If I have an artist come in here and they record, and I'll be, I'm patient with them and I allow them to be flawed and make mistakes and not judge them. I allow them the space to grow and be vulnerable. I allow them extra time, discounts, freedom, free work. They might come back later and they might want to give me extras because of the grace that I extended them years prior, months prior, days prior. And I think we look at it mystically because things happen while we're not observing them. They're not up to you. The impressions that we make as people are not up to us. We have some say or an influence on the energy that we put out and the interactions that we, um, that we facilitate, you know, that we are a part of. We, we do decide how we interact with people, right? We do decide how we interact with people, but we don't get to decide how those people will receive it and carry it with them. We have no idea. Just like you have no idea on the negative end of the spectrum either. Nipsey Hussle, 
as far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying this because he's deceased. For those of you that know me and knew me then, prior to his death, during his death, and after his death, I felt like he was a perfect person, bro. And I don't mean literally. I mean in the sense that he almost lived like a prophet. He lived like Jesus. Hear me out. I'm talking about Nipsey Hussle. He was a nice kid from a beautiful household, loving mother and father, loving brother, and whoever else. He was a beautiful child. Visually, mentally, spiritually. You could see it at all stages of his life. When when I watched documentaries or interviews and people talking about who he was from day one to the end. He was a beautiful person. He was a beautiful man physically. He was a beautiful man spiritually. He was a beautiful man mentally, right? We watched him slap the shit out of that valet driver or security guard or whatever he was at the BET Awards like the year before he died. And I don't know. Whether he was wrong or right is up for debate. But what he did afterwards is the kicker. He slapped the shit out of this man. Justifiably so because that man was aggressive to one of his people. He like knocked a cone out of his hand and it was an act of aggression and Nipsey also protected his people. Another example of him being exactly who I'm saying he is, right? And then he went back and apologized and said, I didn't want to embarrass you. That wasn't my intentions. I reacted. I'm sorry. And he talked to the guy, met him face to face, I believe, or on the phone. I don't know for sure. But even in his mistakes, even if his even in his overreactions, he compensated for them by being perfect, right? He did these things. He contributed to his community. He built up his community. He was a gangbanger, but he provided jobs, food, a safe place to that we could call we because I'm not from L.A., but I'm not from the rolling 60s, but I've been there, though. I've been to his establishments, right? He built a place for us because, don't get it twisted, before he died, there was an influx of people visiting his store. I was watching it happen. Celebrities and regular people alike. I know people personally that was there before he died and after he died. They would go and buy his clothes. They would like the marathon continues, the TMC hoodies and T-shirts and hats or whatever. He created a hub for people to come to that were his people. He did a lot of great things. 
in 34 years or th 33 years. He died at 33. Like Jesus. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not playing. You don't have to agree with me, but I'm not, I'm not playing. That was a special person. And I think it's so obvious now, but I knew it before his death. I've been a fan of Nipsey Hussle since maybe like 2013, 2012. No, 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 I'm sorry. I was a fan of, two, of, of Nipsey back when he dropped Hustle in the house in 2009, 2008, something, right? And I knew then, there's something about this guy, but it was just one song, so it wasn't like I had something to cling to. But as he grew and his catalog grew, my interest in him as an artist grew. Forgive me for the rambling, but this is what's on my heart. I watched him evolve. When he dropped Hustle in the House, he was young, really young. He was new. He dropped that, and in my eyes, he disappeared because I'm not from L.A. I wasn't tapped into the mixtape scene like that. But I liked the song. I noticed him, and then he disappeared. And then he popped up with I don't know. He had a mixtape. He had some some beats from 1500 or nothing on there. And he came back to the forefront. That was like 2012, 13, maybe 14. I don't remember. But Nipsey was special, bro. He was special. I'm painting this picture. Follow me. He did all these great things. He had great music. He collaborated with a lot of artists. I'm not saying he didn't have conflicts. I'm not saying he didn't make bad music. But he made really good music. He made a lot of it. And then he talked about things, even the way that he talked in his music. It was all progressive, productive, uplifting. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Especially for somebody so young. Because when he died in 2019, he was 33. When I found out about him, he was 23. And he was talking about very progressive, uplifting, positive things at a very young age. That was another thing that drew me to him. As far as I know, he was very respectful to his parents. He honored his parents. He stood on his morals and ethics. We watched him be with Lauren London, and it seemed from the outside looking in that he treated her right and he cherished her and he displayed her as his woman. He didn't mistreat her as far as we know. I don't know. Right? But for all intents and purposes, he was perfect, bro. Right? And then all this time, all of his actions were breeding envy in multiple people. Not just his killer, 
because people had attempted to kill him before that. People disliked him in his neighborhood and stories that I've heard. I've done a lot of extensive research, bro. Certain people didn't like him. Now, there was way more people that did like him. And I think it's very indicative of how powerful and how amazing of a person he was because he was a rolling 60s crip, the biggest crip set of them all, I think. Right? They got a lot of enemies. But even his enemies did not care. His actual, like, gang turf rivals, you know what I'm saying? They didn't care, bro. They loved him. Bloods, other crip sets, they loved him. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And this is from me hearing it directly from the horse's mouth. You know, I know Crips. I've watched interviews and things of people I don't know, too. They loved him. But even through all of these great actions that he took, the efforts that he put into his people, the efforts that he made to build, not destroy, it still bred envy. It still got him killed. It still made him a target to the police. If you look into the story, he was being targeted by LAPD for years. They didn't like him. I'm not saying all of LAPD, but he was being harassed in that plaza, which is why he bought it for years. We don't get to determine the impact that we make on people's lives, negative or positive. Because you could just live your life. You could try to be perfect and not, a, not offend anyone and not do anything negative. And even in you being perfect, even in you being kind, even in you being generous, somebody might not like it. It's not up to you. I feel like all of this lends to the experience that I've had here in this life. I don't know why good things keep happening to me. I'm not mad at it. Growing up where I grew up, I've wondered all my life, how have I not gotten shot yet? Lord forbid. Why am I still alive? The things that I've been through, the things that I've done, the people that I've been around. Why I've never been robbed. I ain't never even been hit in my face. Like I'm saying by a stranger. I've gotten into fights, but those were with people that I loved. I've never even been hit in my face. I've never been robbed. I haven't even been yelled at in a long time. People treat me good, you know, and I'm not saying... That's because I'm just some special, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying I don't know why. People don't trip on me. Even when I trip on them sometimes. I've been yelled at by like girlfriends and, sh and but that's that's not what I'm talking about. I haven't been robbed. God forbid. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not trying to be PNB rock here. But I haven't been robbed, shot, 
killed, obviously. And I lived in the neighborhoods where I watched a lot of people die, bro. I'm on Joy Road right now. It ain't no game over here. For those of you that don't know, I'm in Detroit. There's no part of Detroit that's about games, first of all. But certainly not over here. And certainly not any of the neighborhoods that I grew up in before this. I've been in this neighborhood for 10 years, on and off. A little, a little over 10 years. Um, I frequented a lot of bad neighborhoods. I grew up on the west side, I mean the east side, close to the north end. It's like the border between the north end and the east side. Snow games being played over there. I know a lot of people that lost their lives over there. I know a lot of people that will never be the same because of their experience over there. I know a lot of people that had to kill over there. And I'll be asking myself, why? You know, what? How? How have I been extended this luck? I think my mom had broken down to me one time before that um, it was something about God's chosen people or something. And those that are chosen are protected. I don't know the scripture, but those that are chosen are protected. Now, I didn't cling to the idea and ex accept it as fact. It was just something that she presented to me. I don't even know, I don't remember why, but she wasn't saying it in the context of saying, like, I don't know if it was in the context of saying, like, that's exactly who I am. I don't remember. I think it was a generalized statement. But it got me to thinking, is that what I am? We all will die. I'm not oblivious to that. I know I'm not impervious to danger. But my question is, how have I made it so far in, at 34, going on 35 soon, with so little conflict and harm done onto me. It's not because I'm a coward. I just had to cut into somebody today. I have my guns laying right here because I was prepared <laughs> to have to use them, <laughs> right? But nothing happened. Nothing came of it. I don't know, man. Streams, streams is what the show is called, and I'm having a stream of consciousness. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I will land. Let's read the topic again. The quality of your service to others determines what kind of life you will have. It also says, worry less about receiving thanks. My father says, so much more could get done by us all as a people 
as individuals if we worry less about being praised for the things that we do? And my father has also preached to me for as long as I can remember that we are all servants, all of us. We serve not just God. You don't have to even believe in God. But regardless of your religious alignments, we are still servants. You know why? Because we all live amongst ourselves. You cannot make it from point A to point B had someone not served you in the process. The same goes for your contributions to others. We all serve each other in small, minute ways. I've seen my dad, the way that I talked about doing things for people that I probably can't even remember, that I'll never talk about. I've done a lot of things for a lot of people. People that I've never seen again. People that I will never see again. I've done a lot of things for people that are not living anymore. I've done things for people that are enemies to me now. <laughs> I've done things for people that would love to see me dead if they had the choice. But I've seen my father do way more. I've seen my father do way more bad to people and good to people than I have. And it's like he's he's like balancing his scales or something. But when I tell you, I've seen this man just derail his whole day to help someone else that he does not know. I've seen it multiple times. Talk about Good Samaritan. I've seen my father do so many things for so many people. I've seen him give people his last. I've seen him give people car rides. I've seen him give people whatever. I don't know. His things that he cherish that I know he cherishes. And he'll just give people stuff. Take it. I don't care. Like, wow. My father has always preached to me that we were servants, all of us. And we should be humble in that position. Which is why he says, says, if we worry less about getting thanked for the things that we do for people, we could get a lot more done as a people. His example was, you can have a room full of niggas. I'm going to paraphrase and transform what he originally said, but I'm going to capture the sentiment. You have a room full of niggas that's trying to get something done, but because they want the credit and they don't want to be overlooked or overshadowed by everyone else in the room, they'll just rather choose not to do it or to complete something that is greater than themselves. And guess what? I've been guilty of that. Which is why I was going to say, that thing that he said to me, and the thing I've heard it in other places, but he said it to me most recently about if we didn't need to be thanked so much, we could get much more done. I am a big fan of being appreciated. I'm a big fan of showing appreciation. If someone does something for me, nine times out of 10, 
I will say thank you profusely because I want to drive it home that I see you, I appreciate you, and I also understand that you did not have to do that for me, and I am so grateful. There have been times I've been guilty of not feeling like I have not expressed enough gratitude. But I am a huge fan of that. When I do things for people, I like to be appreciated because it makes me feel good. You know how they say there's no such thing as a selfless deed. I agree with that. I don't think there's a such thing as a selfless deed. I think everything that we do most things that we do and not to say that this is a bad thing because I don't want anybody to receive it that way but most things that we do there's a little percentage there's a small percentage of it where you did it because you enjoy the feeling of making others feel good or being acknowledged for doing something good. Like, my girlfriend was explaining that she likes giving surprises to people. Now, this is all wholesome and innocent, right? She likes doing things for people and surprising them because she likes the, the look on their face, the look of surprise and shock, the look of happiness, the look of pure, like, oh, my God, what the... F like, she likes that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that would lead you to believe that there's a small percentage of everything that she does that contributes to that satisfaction that she receives. It might be 2%. It might be 10%. It might be 30%. And it's not negative, it's not malicious, but it is selfish, quote-unquote. It is something that is serving you. You know what I mean? It's not bad, it's just a fact. I enjoy being appreciated. I enjoy building up my reputation with someone that I care about. I do things for my girlfriend because I enjoy knowing that she knows that I love her. I enjoy knowing that she knows I would do anything for her. I enjoy knowing that she knows I'm really him, for real. I enjoy that feeling. It makes me feel good. I like proving myself to be a great provider to my woman because I want her to feel secure in following me. I want her to feel confident and secure in knowing that she can entrust whatever in me. That I could take the helm and lead and provide and protect. I enjoy knowing that she understands that. Now, it's not ill intent. It's not something bad. It's just a fact. I don't know, man. 
I'm saying all this to say that I feel like because of my contributions to the people around me, because of my contributions to the ether, I think as people we have a responsibility to provide positivity to the world in general because it adds to the ecosystem that we all depend on. Meaning, the reason we frown upon killers, drug dealers even, um, sex offenders of all different kinds, is because it violates the trust of our society. We decided that more favorable things to do is to treat people well, be patient, be kind, say hello, smile, wave. You know, and it, it lends to a safer, more trustworthy place to live. It is our responsibility as people to add to that in all the ways that we can. The honor system. Don't steal just because you can. Do the right thing even when you don't have to because maybe it will inspire somebody to do the right thing to you later. And it's like the butterfly that flapped his wings on this side of the world caused a tsunami on the other side of the world because the small minute details in the things that we do every day lend to the the wind that will circle the globe so if you are kind to a person today you're waiting in line somebody's behind you at a grocery store maybe and they have more items than you or less items than you right and you can tell they're just in a hurry. They're trying to get through. And you're like, you can go ahead of me. You only got a few items. And they're like, really? Oh, man, thank you. And then you let them go ahead of you so they can get out of there. Right? It's a very small thing you did. It's not a huge deal. But you did just give them the opportunity to speed up their process Maybe they had an emergency. Maybe they have to get somewhere fast. Maybe their kids are waiting on them. Maybe they got a shit and they're trying to get home so they can use the bathroom. And you just saved them from soiling their pants. Whatever it is, the concept is called paying it forward. You be kind to someone so that they are kind to someone else because it might inspire that in them. Like, damn, so the next time they're in line and they're in the same scenario, they might do that. Or it could be more roundabout. When you're kind to someone and you extend kindness and politeness to them, you could brighten their day. And then they'll go forward in their day and they'll be kind to the people that they interact with that day because that's just how it works. If you lift someone's mood, their mood could potentially lift 10 other people's moods. And that is why the smallest things we do can contribute to a better world for you and your kids. 
It might not seem like it, but that's because we cannot see the bigger picture. It's impossible. It's not your job. Your job is to do what's right. That's it. Michael Jackson talking about man in the mirror. What do you think he's talking about? You focus on you and you do right by your immediate surroundings. You treat the world right. Don't do something messed up just because no one's looking. Don't steal. Don't kill this person even though you might want to. Be kind. Say hello. I think about that in terms of black men. I walk past black men all the time. And we don't speak to each other. You know why? Because we perceive each other as threats. I have a neighbor next door. He's a very nice guy. I don't even know his name. But I've been running into him for years. Years. You know what I'm saying? He's lived over there for a little while now. And he always speaks. And at first, because I remember the first few times I've seen him, I treated him just like everybody else. I just looked at him and just went in the house. And then he made me feel stupid by speaking to me. Like, hey, what's up, bro? You good? And I'm like, damn. Now I feel bad. Because it just took for him to disarm me in that way and let me know that he is not a threat for me to feel comfortable. Sometimes that's what we need. But I wish it was more like we would all approach the situation like that regardless. First, But I walk past black men all the time and we don't speak to each other. We don't ask each other, how are we doing? You know, a lot of that has to do with where I live. Detroit is not a very friendly place. It's just not. It's not like the way that people describe New York. But, like, I live in the Midwest. The Midwest is known to be kind of, like, the Midwest is a little friendly, but not for real. Like, we we stay to ourselves. And we don't really like people like that. We all suffering from, like, seasonal depression and all kind of, you know what I'm saying? We all fat and uncomfortable in the Midwest. It's not very friendly in Detroit. Um, So, regional norms is a, it is a contributing factor to why people interact the way they interact. But as black people in general, I really wish we would normalize greeting each other and caring about each other, actually, because that alone could be the solution to so many problems in our immediate surroundings. If I treated a passing black man like he matters, like I recognize him as a neighbor, as a member of our society. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? You good? It ain't got to be corny. It ain't got to be, 
hey, how are you? It don't got to be that. We can still be ourselves, but it could just be, what's, what's the word, bro? You good? Should I like them shoes, man? I do that all the time. I do that all the time. I always compliment men and women on their shoes and clothes. And I'm, I'm not kissing ass. I'm being honest. I like your shoes. But I do that as a means to disarm, to show love. Bro, them Air Max is cold, bro. Where you get them? Like, oh, should I got them from whatever, whatever. And it just starts a conversation. And a lot of times I watch the defensiveness melt away in a person. They'll be looking kind of me, like they don't really want to talk to me. And a lot of times I don't care. I'm going to talk to you anyway. What you going to do? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk to you anyway. And that's something I had to overcome because when I was young, I was too afraid to push through that feeling because I always, my my first stance is, no, I'm not talking to nobody. If they're not with me, I'm not with them. But as an adult, it's much easier for me to be like, damn, bro, I like your shoes. Or, bro, that's a cold watch bro where you get that from but my point is that small interaction can lead to that person going forward in their day feeling seen feeling cared about feeling like maybe I matter and then when they see somebody, they might do the same thing. In conclusion, all that I've been trying to say this whole time is that I think the reason why I've had such an overall positive experience here and I've bypassed so many dangers for so long, for three and a half decades, because I think I've been a decent man. Not perfect. I've done a lot of terrible shit. I've done some terrible shit. But I think overall, I've been a pretty good man to my fellow man and woman and I think I've planted seeds that have come back around to feed me I'm Red Quran this is Streams episode 14 thank you for watching today the random word that I want you to leave in the comments if you made it to this point is butterfly. Butterfly. Just type it. Don't ask why. Let me know that you made it all the way to the end. Type the word butterfly. Leave a comment. Share this video with anybody who might be, uh, benefit from it or find it interesting. Leave a comment. Subscribe if you are not subscribed already. Like the video just because, please. It will help me. And hit me up if you got any thoughts. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired. Um, but I'm still not going to be able to get some sleep. I'm about to edit this video and then go get my kids and then take them to school. 
I have not stopped moving in almost 24 hours. I love myself and I love you. You matter <laughs> and I matter. Thank you. Thank you. A reconsider, cause life's a phony bitch. If age is just numbers, then why we fear time? Reincarnation, maybe Holly Selassie this time. What intarnation? Maybe I'm a philosopher slime. They still talk shit about me. Cut back your gossip in time. Dinosaurs down to the fossils, gray hair follicles now.